1: So this week, we're going to talk about something that's very close to both our hearts and both our minds. Yeah, mental health. Teenagers and parents experience mental health in different ways. There's the mental health of your children, and then there's the mental health of the parent. Mm. And it's about how much you share and how much... And in an age where this this multimedia, high-tech age where information is everywhere, is there a little bit too much information? are we all supposed to be a little bit anxious sometimes?
0: Ah, so... Today's. You're happiest
1: when you've got an acronym, and I feel you've got an acronym. Oh, have you got acronym? I'm going to see a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Show us your acronym. I've
0: got an acronym, but I'm going to see a doctor. Um, yeah, I have. What is T-M-I. it? TMI.
1: Right. Let me guess. Totally majestic individual.
0: <laughs> Too much information. Oh. Uh, and TMI. Can we ever TMI with our kids? about mental health I thought this would be a really good one for us to have a chat about we've kind of instinctively done the same thing with our kids I I think that's the thing, we've never really had a sit down discussion really, about how we should approach anything with them, we do afterwards after the the horse has bolted or the stable, whatever that saying is has bolted, we'll go, oh I wonder if we did that right but we, we have instinctively just been very open with them, haven't we, right from the beginning?
1: Well, I, do, I have noticed that in all of our parenting, I mean, the reason kind of this is called Confessions of a Modern Parent is we're kind of confessing our sins as, as much mm. as sort of confessing what we do and don't know. Mm. Um, but, I, you know, a lot of parents, when I talk to the parents of other boys and girls, a lot of parents sit down and have formal conversations about this stuff. They decide on a mission plan. They decide what to do. They decide what are the right ways, and we are so we, chaotic. Yeah, we are so chaotic, and we are so free-form, like a really out-of-tune jazz outfit, and it just kind of bumbles all over the place. So, you're right. We have never. And I think sat that's and why we it. make
0: so many mistakes, but also why we've made some happy. What's the saying when you say a happy mistake when it's gone right? Beautiful disasters. A beautiful disaster. Yeah, we've made some beautiful disasters. So it's been a bit of bit of yeah, hit
1: and miss. Hit and miss. But mental health specifically. I mean, well,
0: none of my friends, nobody I know, has ever had a conversation
1: with their children about mental health. Not at all.
0: Not 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 directly. Not like we'll sit
1: down and have a chat about it. But it's a relatively um, new phenomenon because I mean, although I came was brought up in an incredibly hippie left-wing, feminist, lesbian, mentalist, sort of almost commune-like upbringing. And I was was brought up
0: in a much more traditional, so, well, traditional and non-traditional, with Dad being Arabic and my mum being very sorry and my mum being very stiff upper lip and Mm. my dad appearing to be very open because where well, you know he's very jolly and big mm. arms and lots of cuddles and lots of that but actually both quite similar which is stiff upper lip Yeah, my mum always says oh my god all this navel gazing we can't all sit round navel gazing totally of her generation nope. everybody was like that
1: but Eve but that's my point so you'd have mm. thought that coming from a sort of almost hippie kind of culture there would have been much more touchy-feely look at your navel because there's looking at all other parts of your body as a hippie isn't there but mm. not looking at your navel. So we weren't analyzing our emotions when we were young. You know, I was a child that suffered from massive anxiety and you know, there was no there was no tag, there was no name for it, there was no
0: When when do you if you look back, can you pinpoint when the point that you knew that you had anxiety? I don't
1: think I could, no. Yeah. I don't think I was even aware that I had anxiety until I was much older and I sort of looked into my own mental health.
0: Yeah, because it's just the norm, isn't it? Mm. And, and this will be very interesting when we move on to talking about Kiki B later yeah. on in yeah. this discussion.
1: A 12-year-old. But,
0: yeah, who had, very much has awareness of it. You had no awareness. You probably just felt like, everybody feels like this was just the way that well, you felt. Well, this was normal. This, this is just the just, way you felt. This was just yeah. normal. And, yeah.
1: and, you know, in terms of talking about mental health, within this, with this chat, I think there's two angles on this. There's the mental health of your children mm. and then there's the mental health of the parents. Mm. And I think you can't really separate the two. You know, they're inextricably linked and entwined. And as, as a family, we have been majorly buffeted by mental health concerns. And I think even families that would perhaps say they aren't buffered by them or suffering from them or experiencing them... A huge part of mental health problems is a denial of the fact that they exist in the first place. So I think you well, know can there
0: really be any less mental health problems there are than there are physical health problems? Probably not. Probably and not. And most no. people have had some sort of physical yeah. problem at some point.
1: But we've certainly come from an age when I was young where none of those things were talked about, no. none of those things were identified Just and told not to be so silly. You, you just got on with it and you I were remember thr- saying yeah.
0: to my mum, but Mum, 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 what if the roof flies off? Well, the roof's not going to fly off. Mm. Yeah, but mum, what if it does? What if it does? I'm really worried if the roof... Well, don't worry about it. It's not yeah. going to fly off, so don't worry about it. Which, of course, now we know. We would we would never no. in a million years talk to our kids like that. But my mum was a war baby, you know. Mm. Poor thing. She was out in the air raid shelter every night on her own because her mum didn't want to go in the air raid shelter. Mm. And she's 84 now and she still sleeps with the duvet curled into her fists and then under her head because mm. that's how she learnt to deal with her anxiety. And my mm. mum has often said in life, oh, I, I've been numb for years. I've been and I often wonder, I wonder if that was because you had anxiety and you just learnt to numb that off mm. because nobody talked about it and nobody, you know, gave a name to it.
1: I mean, looking back at family history, I mean when I was in rehab, I remember them talking about a lot of research that's done around the idea that that depression, anxiety and mental health issues are as Inherited as, say, you know, diabetes, cancer, mm. things like that. So there, there, there are tendencies for these things to run through families. Um, well,
0: certainly our CBT counselors said.
1: That's when cognitive behavioral therapy.
0: Yeah, when, when I took Kiki. She, she absolutely said oh yeah it's, it's passed through yeah. genetically and then of course it's also yeah. it's, it's both
1: it's, what, so I think it's most families listening nurture. to this any parents listening to this just have a look back into your own family history and you'll see it I mean if I go far enough back there was a, a, an old ceramicist and potter who shot himself there was a gambler there was a, an alcoholic who died there was my grandfather who clearly had some kind of bipolar which I realised in retrospect and then there was my mum who suffered from postnatal depression on an extraordinary level and um, And so, and had addiction and drug abuse problems. That's just a quick little snapshot (laughs) of just some of the quick quick mental health issues that I can grab at. Um, But mental health crises and problems have been impacting our family up until only weeks ago where someone very close within the family had committed suicide. And Mm so, you know, I think the biggest topic in a sense around this around how much one discusses these things with your kids is about whether you decide as a family to just be open about everything or whether you pick and choose those elements of of mental health issues to discuss or whether it's something that you just allow to come from the child themselves so for example you know like with Kiki if they suffer from some degree of anxiety then obviously you're going to equip we can, you're going to equip yourself as a parent you're going to try and equip them Or, you know, the thing that happens in our household is is that we go, you know, there are so many experiences of of mental health issues. Do we run the risk of sometimes oversharing that information and should we protect our children from hearing it?
0: Well, my experience as a child was, as I've said, you know, everything was naval. I mean, my parents, first of all, my parents were great parents, Mm. but... It was the 70s and 80s, and no child sat down at any time and discussed with their parents their feelings. Mm. I remember when I was 17 going to live with a family in America, and uh, the first week I was there, they said, OK, on every Saturday we have a feelings session. Oh and I was God. petrified. I thought I was going to have to feel somebody and they were going to feel me. That's oh what I thought. Lord. I was literally petrified. I was living in this big, hippie household. I thought, oh, my God, what if they asked me to take my clothes off? That's the
1: other. kind of feeling session because that was going on in my I couldn't, childhood. I
0: couldn't, I couldn't <laughs> imagine. I couldn't imagine what they were talking about. No. And, and you know, her, the, the, the child would come in from school or whatever and she would say, oh, so how... How are you feeling today? And what how did that how did that leave you with your feelings? And I just kept thinking, these people are completely round the bend. <laughs> um and you so, are
1: you, you feel a lot now. Yeah, I mean that's you.
0: But but I suppressed everything. Mm. I had anxiety. I had anxious things going on when I was a child. Had loads of stuff going on mm. as a child that I suppressed and that I didn't speak about. I mean and I remember certainly when when my my uh dad there was a few tragic I don't want to go in the details because it's my dad's story but some tragic loss in my dad's life and each time somebody died my dad would take months to tell us so it would go something like this oh so and so is feeling a bit under the weather Oh, such and such has got a bit worse. So-and-so has gone to bed, so-and-so. And and they would have been dead. Mm. But my dad was so worried about hurting us or upsetting us that he would delay telling us stuff. But, you know, as a child, you just know. When you you were growing up, when you love your parents and you're close to them, I think, I mean, you are the closest probably to them than you are to anyone else. So to think that you can hide it from your kids. And all the evidence is there. I mean, you know, when... You know, somebody I was talking to just the other day, actually, who was talking about when they were diagnosed with breast cancer and how she had considered not telling the children and all the advice from the counsellors, you, we really strongly recommend that you do mm. because they're going to know this stuff is going on. And if you, if you remove the information, actually you could cause a whole lot of, of anxiety to the child and fear or blaming themselves that something's not quite right with the parent. So all of those sorts of things I have informed me anyway, certainly, on on how to be very open with the children, and also I've seen with with your mum and with your nan again, old school, old fashioned feeling. Oh, don't be so silly, your nan was, don't be so silly. And you went through huge amounts as a child, mm-hmm. and I think your anxiety was built on, exacerbated. You just just. Terribly, because of that, you had to shove everything down, and here we are today. You're on a new set of anti-anxiety and anti-depression tablets, mm. not liking them. You've been on them for now for six weeks. A new batch. They're making you feel probably worse than you did before. Um, and who's to say that if you hadn't had a bit more understanding? And again, I'm not blaming your mum and your nan. It was different times. But who's not to say that if that had been, if you'd been allowed to say. Mom, I'm terrified, and I don't know why nan I don't want the dark because and somebody's spoken to you about that maybe you wouldn't be like this now.
1: I have a really we have a really interesting comparable here actually. My eldest daughter Izzy your stepdaughter um, she identifies massively with Kiki's anxiety that Kiki B's gone through as a as a child coming up to 12 and there's been a couple of occasions where Izzy's shared with me how she looks almost not jealously but she looks with a sort of degree of ah, how things have changed only in the last 10 years because when I met you, Izzy was the same age as Kiki is now. And she has retrospectively realised that she too suffered from massive anxiety as a child, probably the consequence of me and her mum splitting up and all of that kind of stuff. And uh, she looks at Kiki and she, she feels a sense of, oh there's more options for, for Kiki now. Yeah. There's, there's more, you know, she can see that we as parents are plugged into this and she doesn't decry Kiki the fact that she's got help and everything, but she does often look at it and I think and think, if only I'd had some more of that yeah. when I was younger. I was feeling identical to Kiki. So I don't of this would resonate for parents listening you know i think anxiety specifically is a mental health condition for want of a better expression That that manifests itself in many different ways you know the symptoms can be depression it's social anxiety it can be about body dysmorphia you know anxiety can sort of punch out in a mm. very different way addiction drinking too much mm. smoking too much spliff all well let's things. face
0: it if you hadn't got so annihilated drunk that last time and I'd said to you, we're not going to yeah. actually stay together unless you go to rehab. Yeah. And then you hadn't gone, and if you hadn't gone to rehab, we wouldn't even be sitting there having this discussion. No. Because it was through you going to rehab that we started. So how long ago was it you went to rehab? 15 years ago. Yeah. If you hadn't have gone, there's no way we would have been able to have the kind of mental health discussions no. that we have with our children, not only about your mental health, my mental health, but also about theirs. And I feel really, really strongly. I mean, we've taken both our children to CBT,
1: cognitive behavioural therapy. Yeah, yeah, Maddie
0: and Kiki. We've taken both of them, and I. And both times when I walked away from that first session, I've walked down the road and I said, "Don't ever feel that there's anything wrong with you." because you're doing this this is the right thing to do just like taking you to the gym or taking you for a run or nagging you to do yoga to look after your physical health or to eat your broccoli to eat your greens your mental health is just as important and the thing is now so many people I feel will parrot that out but they don't actually mean it Right? they don't actually mean it Mm. I mean just when you've spoken openly about your mental health before on on our YouTube channel And I've said to you, haven't I? People came up to me and said, "Oh, that's very, very brave, Mm. very brave of Mark." Well, why is it brave? Why, why is it still something? Actually, we're supposed to be a bit scared about saying anything about. We're supposed to be a bit ashamed about. And I think sometimes that's what feeds into parenting and not telling your children if you are having some kind of mental health issues mm. because there's still shame attached to it. Absolutely. And so it goes on and it goes on and it goes on.
1: I mean and also the dialogue about mental health works works two ways. I mean in a minute I want to play I've, I've asked Maddie and Kiki to record some some of their thoughts on oh, whether right. we're okay. maybe overly open about mental oh, health God. issues because if I'm honest when I interrogate my own depression, anxiety, addiction issues I'd be lying if I didn't say, and this is the true meaning of the confession part of this podcast, I, uh, you know, when push comes to shove and the pearly gates of heaven go or the pearly gates of hell or whatever they are, say, you know, here is your judgment. I mean, my fear sometimes, and it's a daily fear, if not a, a minute by minute fear, is that we have overshared. Too mm. much with the girls, I and that, that there is a that there is a, a weight put, placed upon them that's perhaps too large for their age, for their experience. And I sometimes think that the weight that we've put on them is also a sort of there's slightly a generational weight that we're putting on them as a generation. The youngsters are weighing under the sort of the multitude the of is well the multitude of conditions we can all mm. have. There's, there's a condition for absolutely bloody mm. everything these days, mm. and that's not to diminish any of those mental health conditions i'm a, a huge advocate of the importance of embracing the fact that everyone has mental health it's almost like i feel everyone needs to get to the place of accepting we're all a bit of an addict we're all a bit of a mental health not got, not job well yeah all...
0: and i think what i'd like to say to to the listener now is is look for the sim listen for the similarities within this discussion not not the differences Mm. Mm. because yes you can sit there and talk about being an addict or being somebody that's that's you know had to take antidepressants and anti-anxiety tablets i'm not any of those things and yet my mental health is a hum in our lives and in the house and with the kids and so is most people's yeah. most people are coming in from the outside world with a hum of anxiety or stress or whatever that passes to our children mm. whoever we are you know it's really easy to say well I'm not that bad it's like it's like the person that drinks a bottle of wine every night but says oh god I'm not an alcoholic because I'm not drinking a bottle of gin well, and there's I'm not, always someone drinking and more. I'm not doing in the morning and I think that's something I have to be really mindful of with you because it's easy because you are the one, you know, inverted comments with the mental health condition. But I've got a mental health condition as well because I live in the Western world and the Western world is literally nuts. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's yeah, true. It's true. <laughs> I mean, another interesting sort of angle on all of this is I remember as a child... There be, because there was no discussion about mental health. I mean, mental health, I don't even know what it did think, it mean? I, didn't, it I don't know what it meant loon. until I was into my 30s. only no. when really when I went into rehab. If you think about it, rehab, peop, it usually requires a crash of some form mm. for most families to even embrace the concept. Mm. I, uh, and that's necessary. They call it rock bottom in the world of addiction. You, know, you have to hit a rock bottom and then suddenly everyone... Mm. And that doesn't mean everyone sort of signs up to mm. the concept you're get a lot. you still met with resistance in families and that's why families fracture mm. and split up and what have you. But I know when I was a child when I now look back at all of the family members of my family, the ones who supposedly weren't having mental health issues, I look at my granddad and I realise that actually oh, he was dear. a massively bipolar individual and his yeah. mood swings were excessive. When I think of my nan, my dear nan who was more like a mother to me, she was going through the manifestation of the most awful menopausal Monal. mental yeah, I think she yeah, had postnatal
0: depression and when postnatal she
1: did... depression and anorexia and Food, eating disorders run rife through our family, yeah. And then with my mum, but I, it
0: would have been totally
1: oh, absurd. absurd. To her. Well, is I mean, I tried mentioning her. something like this, and she said, "I don't understand, Market. What is all this addiction nonsense? Do you didn't know, get and, it?"
0: And you know, in the dead of night,
1: are we all wrong? Should we sometimes we just, got just got be too going just push feely? through? Have we got too touchy-feely? Yeah. Um, I mean, I can hear someone like Nigel Farage saying, "We've got a little bit too touchy-feely," don't you? Can't you? I mean, you know, the thing <laughs> is, the thing that get the thing that. that that would have made life much easier as a child, was like there were moments, and I don't say this, I have a very good, meaningful relationship with my mom now, but there were times in the massive, horrendous nastinesses of her own addiction that she would show affection and it would be, I could tell that she was not in her mind. She mm. was influenced. She was somewhere else. So when I look back, I can see all these isms. Mm. And so the more that you're... You know, there's an argument that the more you can make sense of the behaviour or find out that there's a reason for the behaviour, then at least it explains it and it sort of takes the guessing out of it. Well, exactly. I mean, when you're having a
0: really down day or a really stressed day or a really anxious day, if the kids had no idea that you had mental health stuff going on, they could easily think that was to do with them. Mm. I mean, it's funny because the other day I was talking to your mum about your antidepressants and I was saying, you know... I really don't know if antidepressants are right for Mark. I I don't ever see, you know, when he's the periods of time he's taken them, they don't make any difference. And I I don't think he is depressed. I think he has high anxiety Hmm. that has come from a child. I don't know whether it's depression. And Maddie was in the other room. She went, what? And I I was like, you okay? And she, are you saying that dad's not depressed? I said, I don't think he is. I think he gets overwhelmed with anxiety. I don't think he suffers from depression. I, of course, I'm not a doctor and I, but just my instinct mm. being his wife and knowing him very well, it feels like the anxiety. Mm. And she went, Oh, mum, mum, dad does have depression. And it was just so like, mm. it was almost, she was almost cross with me mm. that I would even say that. Mm. And I don't even know why I've just brought that up because I didn't tell you at the time, but it was just like I was just left feeling a bit. I didn't know. I didn't know what to understand from that.
1: Well, that worries me because when I hear that, I sort of I'm left thinking, you know.
0: Well, maybe she was because I'm, she watched I'm your really, mental health. If films. I'm
1: really, really honest, as the person in the family who's in a sense the self-appointed grown-up with the more extreme mental health issues, and given that this is we're talking about mental Diet-based. health and our teenagers, yeah. Um... There is a tendency and there is a fear and there is a sadness that creeps in that surrounds the idea that I've brought almost this disease into the family. That there, there's a currency and there's a discussion and there's a sense of it. And I see in the girls, like you do in all children, you see the behaviour of both parents and in all kids, don't you? Um... I see tendencies within them both towards not necessarily depression at this stage, but a sort of...
2: Malaise. A darkness,
1: a malaise, a, mel- a melancholy. Exactly. Mm. Now, how much of that is teenage? And I think this is one of the problems facing any parent of teenage kids. How much of what any child, teenage child or tweeny child of 12 is going through, how much of that is do we need to get into a slight panic about or a worry or a fear that we need mm. to manage and look after? For me, I, I, I do feel sometimes like I'm almost culpable or, or I feel responsible for when I, I sense or hear something that I think, God, that's the kind of thing I would have said. I, I feel I, I do feel terrible. And so sometimes I do worry that perhaps we've given them the vocabulary. we've I given worry them, about that. We've given them mm. a sort of sense of the inner circuitry of mm. mental health so that they themselves can navigate it.
0: And they might flag something up that is just actually just Absolutely. the normal. Absolutely,
1: and it's just normal teenage shit.
0: What I want to ask you is, because I do worry that we've, you know, and everything's about intention, isn't it? Our intention is mm. always the best of intentions, but I worry if we have shared too much about it. And I want to ask you on this. So this might upset you, it might not. Oh, God. So be prepared. Um, I think what you do when you, when you film your mental health films for our YouTube channels, I think they're so brave because I see the way the world thinks about people with mental health and I know that they're enormously helpful to people Mm. and I read all the comments. Sometimes I can't watch the films because I find them too much, but I read all the comments below and I can see that you are really of service to people. Mm. But Maddie watches
1: them too. Mm.
0: And how do you think that is for Maddie?
1: Well, I've spoken to Maddie about that mm. and she, she finds them helpful, she says, not mm. in terms of understanding me, because there's nothing I would say in them that she hasn't heard in, in possibly more detail within a family discussion. So yes. I know for a fact that there's never anything really I'm saying that's going to come as a surprise. I'm always giving a not not a surface version of things but I'm giving a version of things that I would probably share in an AA meeting or something mm. like that or with a doctor or a yeah, therapist Yeah but I'm
0: talking about her dad sharing that with people yeah. that she doesn't know Yeah,
1: Well I mean I would argue that it is of service and that's the point yeah. of me doing them, that's the mm. point of me discussing this really, discussing this with you now I mean I do think that it's important to remove the taboo and I think that there is a question mark over whether one could possibly share too much and if you have to fall either side of that fence, I am going to sort of say, I feel you fall the side of the fence where you share a bit more and you say what you are Mm. and you discuss it a little bit like, I think a while back I was discussing, I would choose to watch porn with my son to educate them as to why it was right and wrong and all that kind of stuff or what was wrong about it here, there, there. Um, My point being that, yes, you're right. On balance, there's a question mark as to whether that's good or bad for for Maddie. But I think that having discussed it with her, she sort of has said that um, she finds it useful to understand the condition, if you like, rather than necessarily about her dad. But on that point... Would you
0: prefer it? Here's a question. Would you prefer it if she didn't watch those films?
1: Probably. Yeah. Probably. Only because I think she gets protective... And yeah. I think she would be, I think she's always in a protective mode. With Is both it a of us. burden to see your parents upset? Possibly. And I think on that point, we should probably play. I, I asked Maddie and Kiki to have a chat about uh, mental health in our family, whether it's normal, what's it like in friends' families. And I also asked her to discuss whether we overshare and, and, and what their thoughts are.
0: Yeah, well, I saw my mum cry twice and the pain went on for weeks afterwards when I was a kid. Now, I never can work that out whether it was because it was so rare that I thought something absolutely devastating must have happened or just because kids can't bear to see their parents cry. I don't know. So, I'll be really interested to hear what that's interesting. I saw
1: my mum cry almost constantly from the age of two until about last week. And (laughs) it led me to think that most women are just mental. (laughs) So, let's have a play.
2: So, um, obviously our parents talk to us a lot about mental health problems and like dad's addiction and depression and everything um and I know from like hearing from my friends and everything that that's not very normal Mm -hmm. I mean we're quite different um none of my friends really talk to their parents about mental health and stuff but we've always been very open about it in our family and I think it's a good thing to like be aware of how you're feeling and everything I feel like a lot of people my age are confused and don't really know why they're feeling how they feel because they don't talk to their parents about it but I mean obviously there's the cons of knowing a bit too much about mental health issues I think personally do you yeah, do you agree yeah. when you're when you know when we know as much as we do from quite a young age mm-hmm. um sometimes it's like we're a bit too aware of all of it yeah. but I'm glad that we've got that yeah and you know yeah. we have that um And, yeah, because I remember when... Do you remember when Mum accidentally told us that Dad had depression? It was when we were in uh, we were in Dorset visiting Nanny Thelma, mm-hmm. and uh, we were walking back to the caravan or something, and Mum accidentally said... I, I said something about Dad seeming low on the weekend or something, and then Mum accidentally said, oh, that's because your Dad's got depression or something like that. Mm-hmm. I went, Dad's got depression, and I remember running into the caravan and Dad was in, on the toilet, and I was talking to him through the door, like, Dad, do you have depression? Aww. He goes, who told you that? <laughs> I was like, Mum. <laughs> he goes, oh, Jesus Christ. Um... But, yeah, I mean, I, I I think it's good that we know about Dad's depression and addiction because yeah. it kind of makes sense when he's low and stuff. You know, if I didn't yeah, know yeah. about Dad's bipolar and everything, I would be really confused if he was, you know, when he's, if he's a bit snappy or yeah. a bit angry or a bit sad. Now now that I know about it as well, now I feel like I can talk to them about, like, my problems more because I know that they, they also know about it. Know about it yeah, I agree. <clears throat> um... But also the same with the addiction thing. I think it's good that we're told about it. I don't agree with parents keeping stuff from their kids, especially stuff like that. I mean, you could say that we know a bit too much about the addiction in our family, Mm -hmm. um, because there's quite a lot of it. But um, I I don't see it as a problem. Like, I don't. And... uh, But it's weird, because although Mum and Dad have always been open with us about mental health and stuff, I feel like it's easier for me to talk to my friends about it... Yeah, same. ...than I do Mum and Dad. But I still feel like if something were to happen, I could... I still feel like if something were to happen, I could still talk to them, because I know about it. But yeah, I would... They don't make us feel like we can't, but I just find it easier to talk to friends about it, because... And not that parents mean to do it, but I think there's this thing of when teenagers are sad, it's like, it's puberty, it's hormones. Yeah. Da, 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 da. Whereas when you talk to your friends, they're like, yeah, same, I yeah. don't want to be... Um. So, yeah, I, I feel like that, that that's the difference between talking to friends and parents. But it's yeah. not like mum and dad. It's really nice that mum and dad make us feel like we could talk to them, mm. but it's just, I find it easier to talk to friends yeah. about stuff that goes on in my life. Um, and... Um... um I just, I don't think it, you know, when people kind of seem shocked, my friends and stuff, and I tell them how, if they, you know, hear on YouTube and stuff, like, Mm. how open that mum and dad are about the depression and all, like, stuff going on in the family addiction and that, my friends always like, that is so weird, like, my family would never do that, like, I don't think really parents should be doing that sort of thing, I don't, I don't know, I mean, we don't really know any difference, we can't really say that it should be like this or it shouldn't be. I think it's good for us to know about it as well. yeah. But I
1: could also see why people would probably be like, you your kids know too much. Oh, there we go. Mm. Well, I think you could probably say, on balance, we've pitched it correctly.
0: I loved... That was a little kiki there, a 12-year-old. Bless her. I feel like I can tell them about my problems. I know. Um, Yeah, we have been equipped with the language that... The right, what I would consider the right language, by by the therapy that we've gone through, so no. so we won't so we won't say to Kiki ever when she, her anxiety is is high, we won't say to her, oh we just don't. To, you know, well, it's not really, and don't worry, this isn't going to happen. And you say, well, you know, all that language of, well, I can hear that and, and I can imagine that must be feeling terrible for you and, you know, sit with it a minute. It's okay to feel this bad because you're not going to feel this bad all the time. It's going to pass. This too will pass, you know, and let's look in the toolbox. What what things do we have? Can you listen to, to music? Can you go for a walk? Can you listen to a meditate? All that stuff as we say it now, because it's so much part of our vocabulary, would have been entirely alien to us 15 years ago. Mm. Entirely alien. Could you imagine no. if you hadn't gone to rehab? No. How would we be dealing with this stuff with our kids? I have got no
1: idea. No, no, no I mean, absolutely. Literally
0: no idea. But... I probably would have said, let's go shopping... Let's, 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 let everything, let's, oh, never mind, let's have a sweet, let's have a, which is but all the are things two, that used to two
1: things, two things come out of me listening to that. One, I don't know why, but do any other parents listening get this desire? When they hear their children talking like that, I want to go out, find the sharpest object and th- smash my head against it until it, it skewers my brain. It's a weird compulsion, but it's because it just breaks my heart so much. I need to do some extreme violence to myself. This is actually <laughs> but, very
0: fascinating for us, isn't it? It getting is not it Getting our kids to do getting these their voice insights. notes for us and hearing them like
1: this for the first time time and yeah but the second thing that comes out of it is are we in danger of sounding like right touchy-feely hippie vandals in sandals types are we are we sort of just a bit too happy clappy
0: Oh, God, I'm sure we're a bit too much everything. But we We're got, either we a bit too that. happy-clappy, or we're too slovenly, yeah. or we're too extreme, yeah. or we're too... we, we, we we're are all those all things. We are all those things. And I think this is one of the most important things at the moment within this world. Everyone wants things to just be one thing or the other. Yeah. And, you know, we just want things black and white. And actually, this is why it's so great to have these discussions and to go off one way and then come back the other, because we... We are made up of many parts as parents, as human beings. All you are is it it's just an extension of our own human beingness being a parent, isn't yeah, yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we mess up so much God yes, we are too easygoing. God yes, sometimes we are too extreme the other way and too strict. Yeah. It's a constant. We share and we share too much. I mean, we blooming, are oversharing. We overshare. We do
1: overshare. I mean, I think for anyone listening, who's I mean, I wonder if you would listen to a discussion about mental health with your kids if you didn't believe in mental health. I guess you probably wouldn't, would you? I think you'd probably listen if you if you were worried about it as a topic, because I do think an awful lot of people would just be like, "For goodness' sake, what is this nonsense?" There's no so such you,
0: thing as mental health no, with get children. Get to school.
1: Shut it. Well, I mean, I'm I'm af- af- you know,
0: I'm afraid the figures are there. Uh, we are at an all-time high. You know, Mind Charity, the kids mm. are... We are an all-time high. Children are more than ever. How many times people reach out to me, mm. asking me about what we do with our kids, with, uh, you know, they've got this child that's so anxious they can't get out, this anxiety, 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 anxiety. Mm. Everywhere. We're living in a world where everybody wants more than they've got, everybody's dissatisfied with what we've got, you know, and...
1: and but should we always act and on it? Should are there. we always act on it? Isn't anxiety, isn't being anxious, part of being a kid? Isn't sort of fear part of being? A kid? I mean, I ask these questions. I'm not yeah. saying that's what I think. No, I know. But you know, it really is hard because you, I am. Okay. A, I All right. Well, then here's the question:
0: If, when you think back to when you, if you can go back to when you first, your earliest memory of being in an anxious state.
1: Right. I was 18 months.
0: Okay. Well, let's take it a bit older. All right. Um,
1: I was 47.
0: uh, (laughs) If you, a parent, had treated you in the way that we do Kiki when her anxiety comes up, what, of course you can't say categorically, but what? how different do you think your path might have been?
1: But as you're asking me that question, here's an interesting thing. I'm thinking back to the child in 1977, very excited about Star Wars coming out, didn't get in to see it, devastated, went back home and life was very stressful. That seven-year-old child... If someone had kind of, like, parachuted into my life and said, you're feeling A, B, C and D, I wasn't aware of it. I wasn't aware of it until I was much older. But So but, would, I, would I have run towards it even more? Would I have mm. taken on the sort of, almost the condition? Man, would, I, well, inha- would I have inhabited... The condition and the symptoms of that condition, would I would I have got comfortable in the definition? No,
0: because I don't think it's about a definition. We don't say to Kiki, right, this is such and such. We don't give the name to no, the condition. No, 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 no. What we say is, it sounds to me like you're feeling really overwhelmed. I can imagine that it would just be awful. You were so excited about this. Yeah. But don't worry. Well, you're not supposed to say don't worry, are you? There's but, so many you know, things you're not supposed, supposed to say. Never say
1: don't, never I'm say, don't don't say, don't, never say yeah. won't, never say can't. I mean, never say may. Never say mustn't. <laughs> In fact, none of the words with unt on the end when there's a big one that you can't say. It's
0: like, listen, I don't know if if you have been to therapy, but it's the funniest thing when a therapist will say to you, and this is what happened to me when I went to therapy, um, you're not to say, I should... Yeah. Or something made me feel a certain way, so I would be, I would be talking in my therapy session, and I would be like trying to slow it down because I know the word "should" is coming up, and I'm trying to think mm. of a different word <laughs> that can still say "should" yeah. but not say. And there, there is a reason for that. So if you say to a child, "Oh, and how did that make you feel?" How did that make you feel? What did that person make you feel like oh when they bullied you at school? You're actually giving that person a lot of power. Mm. So so the language is how were you left feeling after that? And and surely it's got to be look at the way our children will say to people, will manage situations, say listen, I felt a bit ba 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 and that made me feel a bit ba ba. Do you mind if I da da da? I didn't know how to put those boundaries in. My whole Adult I think the vast
1: life, majority of kids still don't.
0: My whole adult life was boundaryless mm. because what I felt didn't really matter. Mm. How I came across mattered. Oh, don't want, oh, you don't like so and so and so and so. Just smile, just smile. They're coming now. We're having a party. That was always the way for anyone of our generation. I suppose what I want for our girls is to grow up being able to say in a really kind, and a very um, um, what's the word? Boundaried way. I'm sorry, but I don't really like that, or I don't really, or that. I'm not really very happy with that situation. Do you mind if we do it? Da, da, da. That language was not available to me until I was 45 years old.
1: But you could argue, and many would, that that's why we have the snowflake generation, or. The term, the but snowflake generation. where is generation. the snowflake generation coming well, from, I think, that, I think from, that's actually. a whole other discussion, because I yeah. think as a generation, it's quite an unfair and very passive-aggressive yeah. definition of an generation. I want to generation. do a whole
0: discussion on that, because yeah. I'm actually very angry about that, because there's an awful lot of young people that are incredible, and to dismiss a whole generation like that. And I think sometimes it's coming from the same people that might say come up to me and say... Oh, it's so brave of your husband to talk about mental
1: yeah. health. It is brave to talk about mental health. It and, is, and, because and, and,
0: people still look at you and go, oh, is he a loon?
1: Yeah, absolutely. But here's the other final part of the whole discussion. There are times sometimes where I feel like I'm not me in a family because of my mental health. And I'm sure most people who suffer from mental health conditions like depression, bipolar and what have you feel that they are the condition first and then a person second. And I think that's... That, that's with, a very, it, with who? Within the family. Well, it, I take umbrage with that. No, 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 no. I'm not saying that's how I'm made to feel. Oh. I'm saying that's how I feel. And that's the fear of the, for the mental health person, if the person suffering from mental health, is that they, you know, many much of their behaviour can only be understood in terms of... For example, it's very normal to just have a shitty day. Having a shitty day is what a lot of people have, have shitty days. But that doesn't ergo mean that you're fully, full on having a bipolar moment. Do you know what I mean? And so... I think, that it, I think it's it is a difficult.
0: I think it's a burden for children mm. and 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 partners when somebody lives with somebody with mental health, that they're also supposed a be quite selfless. Mm because they've got to understand it all the time and then they've also got to pick around when it's a mental health because what if no, you were difficult. down and it was a mental health day and not just a down day well, and then there wasn't enough understanding about it being a mental health day it's a nightmare
1: it is a nightmare and i think that's one of the difficulties for kids is that kids mm. within families with parents that are open about this stuff they're having to navigate that too and i could hear although she was being very sweet about she it was Maddie, about she was things. still thinking about yeah she was aware that we were going to listen to that and she was probably thinking i don't want dad to think that you know they won't like it when i'm down and they will wonder how long will it last and they will be thinking oh god the contrast is so so Mm. you know extreme and i feel bad about that i feel sad about that and you know i suppose what i'm saying again it's about where do you ultimately want to rest which side of the fence do you have a no won't say anything and that we don't talk about this kind of stuff and then it becomes secret i think secrets in families can only become the most corrosive thing because Mm. kids smell a rat
0: but what i would say is i'm glad we've been open but I fear we've been too open.
1: Well, I that's think my I agree. confession for the day. I think I agree. Mm. And I think right now, going against the advice of all therapists, you should and I should shut up.
0: I just want to go back to Maddie and Kiki's message. Mm. Do you have? any memory of the way that they were supposedly told about your depression? I've got this lovely idea that we sat down and went, now Taddy's suffering from depression. No, but, can I... but it appears to be that I spat it out at her and then she talked to you through a door on the toilet.
1: Well, can I just say that it, it sounds very believable because most major things that happen in our household do happen when I'm on the loo. That's true. Always, that is actually true. Whenever I'm on the loo it's the something most big major happens. detail is required of me. I don't actually remember that. that I mean, I would have Responded in the way she said because I'd have probably been halfway through the Observer or the the Times or something awful. on the toilet. So, um, I feel yeah.
0: awful. Yeah, to, yeah, but but you see, but let's drill into I that. I feel
1: more awful about her reaching out to me whilst I was on the loo.
0: But let's drill into that because we are so used to saying the word depression. Mm. Um, it's quite a loaded word. How does a child mm. hear the word depression? Oh, daddy's got depression. Depression. You know, they've heard about suicide. They've heard about this. They've heard about, that. Must have been hor- horribly shocking for. I mean, I'm literally sitting. I can't wait to get my get home, put my arms around her, and apologise. I, I just, I just didn't remember that. That's how I would said it
1: to her. Well, and, and it also reminds me. You've just you, you saying that just then. We never did think about the connection between depression and, and suicide. suicide, because of course, you, without going into too much detail, you were very cautious about telling the girls about your own experience. With your ex-husband, and mm. so, yeah, the, the the possibility that they would link the two things.
0: Well, exactly. You know, I mean, I remember when I told sat Maddie down and told Maddie about, you know, my first husband and and him committing suicide. That I, I said, you know, I sat her down and I said, I've got something really serious to tell you. I've wanted, I've waited to tell you this because I wanted to get you to an age where you? I thought. Oh god oh, I think oh, 13 um and the reason that I told her was I was worried she was going to see it online mm. if, if I could have got away with never telling her I probably you would probably have done. but I felt she had to because she if you know what kids are like they google everything um and when I told her she was almost relieved because she said that she thought I was going to tell her that you weren't her father mm. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know that she went, Oh god Oh, mom! I thought you were going to say Dad wasn't my dad. I'm
1: laughing like the joker because there was a moment <laughs> way back when when I probably thought she wasn't mine. No, I'm joking. Mm. <laughs>
0: but, yeah, so, you know, so once she'd got over the fact that I wasn't telling her that you weren't her dad, <laughs> it was it was a huge thing. It was a huge thing for a young person to hear like that. A, she didn't know that I'd been married before, and then to find out that, you know, so that was a big secret I'd kept for a big, long time. And I just, I mean, I did, I remember asking a counsellor years ago, do I tell my daughter? And she said, well, do you need to yet? So even she said, hold off for a bit. But yeah, so that's been told, and you know, in a very adult way, one's packaged that away, I've given her that information about my life, da-da-da, and then a few years later, she just, I just chuck at her that you've got depression, and didn't exp- I mean, honestly, I'm sitting here so shocked. I feel like my ego. When we settled down into these stools and we were going to talk very, very wonderfully, and like our, very, you know, oh yes, about how we have talked to our children about mental health. You didn't. You just and
1: spat it out, walking and across I, a campsite. And I
0: told her walking across a campsite, and then she's had to go and have the conversation with you through the <laughs> toilet door. We're shit.
1: That's the truest confession of them all. I mean,
0: we're shit,
1: Mark. Yeah, I know. We were gonna sit here and pretend that we've actually that we've actually managed this situation we really grown up Not at all. <laughs> i mean I wasn't responsible for telling. Them. I wasn't gonna tell them. I mean I, I was probably in shock No, hang, I said, on hang on a minute. Don't you bloody? Hang on a minute, it hang now. on a minute. when did this happen? <laughs> when did this happen? I've just come in here to read the effing sports pages. When did this happen? We've got to get her to tell
0: us this in full detail when we get home tonight, I'll tell
1: you. We're shit. <laughs> We're absolutely shit. We
0: need to apologise to her. But, you know, on a serious level, and we need to do in a whole nother mm. discussion about this. Mm. This is a discussion of a discussion. It's just exponential, isn't it? As soon as you start talking about kids. Um, the power of the word. hmm all the time, people, we talk, I mean, it's another discussion we used to have about smacking children. I really want to talk about that. But we forget that the, uh, the, wor- the wrong word at the right time can crack, just make a little crack in your child's brain, way of thinking, character, whatever you like, that. Is a massive story we just heard in and there. And
1: women and mothers are incredibly skilled at loading so much into a word oh, that you never realised had so much potential or impact. It's like a fireball, and then they throw it. So yeah, I mean, I suppose... but I
0: hope I didn't say it to her, and like maybe you were being a miserable git, and maybe she "Why is Dad miserable?" And maybe I went, well, "Dad's got depression." I hope I didn't say it like that.
1: Yeah. I was probably myself. smarting because Tottenham had lost or something like that. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe, it was probably one of those days where I really wasn't suffering from depression either. I was, I was probably feeling quite tickety-boo. I was on the well, loo. That's, that's I'm the, always happy on that's the loo.
0: That's the myriad of hell. Because yeah. how are people supposed to know? And then people with depression <laughs> get all annoyed if you say that they're depressed on a day that they're not depressed and they're just <laughs> normally right, down. All right,
1: easy target, easy target. No, I, no,
0: no, no, but it's
1: No, no, but no it's it, is true. it is true, babe. but on a more serious, serious basis, where I do get really concerned with the girls, and this is where, unfortunately, our family's very odd experiences and past comes in, the girls have heard of and have experienced suicide directly almost now because they had a knowledge of my mother's girlfriend who has sadly passed away. And it feels so frighteningly present.
0: Well we say to them suicide is is, is unusual. Is, is unusual. I mean it's not. No. Every single day in this country. Um how many people are in a football team? I can never remember what eleven. Uh, eleven men under 35 will kill themselves mm. every single day it is a massive problem but most families wouldn't be touched by it as many times mm. as we have in our family in mm. various ways with friends and family and 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 we must remember we must think about this mm. they know that you have depression and we've packed that off quite nicely but how do they not we don't know. They might worry no, sometimes exactly. that you're going to kill yourself. And
1: then that's when, again, it becomes a sort of self fueling yeah. cycle because then I feel responsible because I'm thinking, good God, is Kiki's anxiety about the fact that on a level she's thinking it could all, everything could just go could belly daddy up kill at some himself? point? Yeah, yeah, possibly. Or, you know, it, invariably it's about her own issues, but yeah, one will never know. And the problem is you can't climb inside a child's head. Well, and the know power for sure. of words,
0: like sometimes when you've said, because if I'm honest, sometimes it really hurts me. And we've spoken about this quite recently, and it leaves me wobbly when you say, "Oh, I'm never really happy. I'm never really happy." And I say, "But you are, because we see you be so happy. Because mm. you're such a wonderful, you know, person to be around, and you're jolly and you're funny and all these things." But we've got to think about what that sounds like to a I don't child. Ever
1: say it to the girls.
0: You do. I haven't said you that. To them. I've never no, said. No, I've never really. Happy. No, but you I'm doing it I, it. I do
1: it in a sort of gallows humour because there's a. Yeah, no, yeah, but that's yeah, us
0: as adults saying. Oh, like when I went to them, Dad's got depression. And I just yeah, throw it out yeah, at no, them. Right. I'm not saying you've done something more than I have. I'm no. saying the power of the way that we give them this information. Mm. I think sometimes in the guise of confessions of a modern parent. We are packaging things up very neatly in our own head, but from an adult's POV. Yeah. And they and Kiki could well take that away and squirrel it away and overthink about it.
1: God, you your know. parents don't I'll fuck you up, oh, don't they? God. Jesus <laughs> Christ, never a truer word sentence <laughs> line in a poem I need to was written. I, need, I to go. need to drink again. <laughs> I need to go and plunge. Now my I re- head. Yeah, now I realise why we drank. It was oh, just to my... avoid the horror of this. It, someone said the other day, oh, having oh, kids is like wearing your heart on your sleeve. It's like having your heart on the outside of your body. It's just like, it's it horrendous.
0: I feel like my my skin's all been grated off.
1: Oh, Can we stop looking, now? Yeah. Because I'm just
0: getting myself in a right-off pickle.
1: I feel really anxious. <laughs> OK, this is the bit I really love, is hearing from listeners. Um, Harriet, 46, from Nottingham, I felt anxious my entire life. I was brought up by an anxious and depressed parent who in turn was brought up by my anxious grandmother. I'm so worried about passing on this anxiety to my children that I have always denied my anxiety in front of my kids, two girls aged 11 and 14. Still, they ask questions about mental health in our family and think that my mother, their grandmother, is anxious and depressed. So far, I've escaped the limelight. Should I just confess to my children how I've always felt, or is that more damaging at this stage? Wow. Wowzers, bedowsers.
0: Personally, what we think, I would say, is, in our experience, that's all we can talk about because we're not professionals, but I would say in our experience, I've never seen anyone successfully hide anxiety. No. No. Because it's a hum, it's a bubble, it's, it's audible.
1: Mm. It's a tremor throughout a family. It's a tremor. Yeah, it's like they, say, they often say about addiction that the addict or the person affected... And you can say the same thing with mental health, that the person who's suffering from mental health or addiction, say, they're like a drop of water into a pool. And when they drop, the ripples that come mm-hmm. out affect everyone in their life. Mm-hmm. And now, people might not know what those ripples are or why they're being caused, but the ripples are there. And so I do think, you're right, I think on balance, though this isn't advice, I'd say on balance for me, it's always about being honest and expressing and revealing and explaining why you are, how you are or what's going on. Now, Mm the reason I'm hesitating in saying that is there's a multitude of different ways of doing that. There's a multitude of different scales to which you do that. Some very low level, some Mm. big conversations. You know, I'm I'm always drawn back to the simple question I asked my mum of what an orgasm was. She could have given me a one-second answer or she could have given me a ten-minute answer. She gave me the ten-minute answers. You know what I mean? So within the scale of answering or explaining or perhaps revealing a condition or a situation or circumstances... My personal take on it is that you you should, or, well, i just said should. Hmm. You could, could. You could find a way, perhaps with Professional help to just gently move towards revealing what your situation is.
0: And I, I think what I would say, and I think it's the mistake that I make all the time, is to actually hear your children. You can listen to them hmm. and not actually hear them. Because somewhere within that, I find denial for me sometimes is a very cosy, comfy place and delays real responses. And what I hear in there is that they've said to you that they see it in their grandmother. Mm. So if they see it in their grandmother, may they also be seeing it in you too? And maybe the conversation that they're bringing up about the grandmother is is actually a conversation they'd like to have a, yeah. with you. Um I will sometimes you know have discussions with my children and if I'm really honest if I sat down and really dissected them it's like how much did I just skew that conversation so I could hear what I wanted to hear so I could feel a bit a bit more comfortable with I was going to say I think a lot
1: of parenting We don't like the
0: discomfort do we parents
1: No 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 and I think a lot of parenting a lot of a lot of mistaken parenting is about telling your kids what you want them to say Yeah and hearing. Are you trying him. to tell yeah. me
0: that you're da da oh, Absolutely. I think that you're maybe bur yeah. because actually you, you can't. It's we want to retrofit low, it. it. It's
1: like low level grooming. In a sense, by the parents, because you're trying to get them to say what it kind of you want to hear them saying, really. Because you don't want to feel sad. Yeah, you don't want to feel uncomfortable.
0: And you know that's a really difficult thing to admit. Sometimes I don't want to feel the sadness, so I kind of want to go. Oh, and are you feeling better now? Oh, well, that's great. Oh, is everything okay now? Well, that's good, isn't it? You're feeling a lot better. And how much of that is, if I'm really honest, is actually me just wanting to
1: feel better? Can I? I'm going to make a bold suggestion here. I think almost all of parenting is about denial. It's all about denial. It's all about denying the fact that actually life is a fucking nightmare, and all you're trying to do with your kids is not hear what you don't want to hear. I'm telling you, that's why they end up either not talking to you or becoming absolute.
0: We'll have to do swearing in front of the children as well. Swearing's a good
1: one. Fuck yeah,
0: Mark. So, uh, Kit fifty, Paul. Oh, from Paul. Lovely Paul. I love Paul. My partner has never recognised our son's autism. I always felt something was wrong from an early age and after extensive tests he was diagnosed with high-functioning Asperger's syndrome when he was five. Now he is 16 and despite his condition being barely perceptible to those who first meet him, he struggles terribly with close relationships and girlfriends yet feels the immense social pressure to have them. His disability holds him back in friendships and his mother will not accept his disability is real. What can I do to help my son? And how can I try to make his mother understand? Wow. Wow.
1: Well, the first thing I'd say is, it's all about which end of the looking glass you're looking through, in a way. And this really helps me. This really helped me. I believe everyone is an addict. I believe everyone suffers from mental health problems.
0: At some point.
1: All the time. Oh. But the gradation and the amount that that that, that yeah. defines that person is either very little or a lot i think if you come at it from that perspective the sense of difference becomes far less so that would be one of the first things i do is is to try and unsort of take the heat out of it as a diagnosis or a disability right i think
0: if somebody's having problems Coming to terms with something mm. to try and show them that it that some of it might have come from them is a very no no. Odd... Not su-
1: that's not what I was suggesting. I'm oh, just I've suggesting that within the I would I would I would urge her the mum to sit down with me and us talk about the fact that actually this isn't just something that's confined to our child. This is something that it's our child. You can probably there'll be there'll be you know examples of this sort of behaviour in both of us, probably in other members of the family. Let's look at. The, I would immediately seek to take the taboo and the stigma out of the I'll condition with my wife mm. that would be the first thing away from my son away from my son just to sort of say look you know this is this isn't this great big sort of strange weird condition that's only... This a few, is just you know, a, different, this is a, different, a different kind of... Absolutely. A, a
0: different kind of brain. Absolutely. I think the thing is we all want everybody's brain to be the same. Yeah. There are so many differences and who is to say which one is right and which one
1: is wrong? But I do I do hear the, the, the strife in that because I couldn't think of anything more difficult than being in a partnership or in a family where one of you is very plugged into, say, mental health issues and the other one is in total denial of them. Mm. I mean, if you're in denial... It's a very, it's a very hard thing to mm. shift someone from unless God, they have. It's so hard. Yeah, and and often, of course, with a mum, especially, there'll be that sort of sense of culpability or a desire not to know because you don't want to face the awfulness of the situation. So, of course, when I say what I'm saying, I'm not saying you don't do it with great compassion, but you're just looking for a way to make it not feel so extraordinary. Because that's the thing, and I think if we can just feel that most mental health conditions aren't extraordinary, but they're actually very ordinary, you kind of almost take the heat out of the phrase. I mean, I hate the phrase mental health. I hate the phrase mental illness.
0: Well, only because of the connotations that come with it. If yeah. you say your physical health, we've just got, it's just got to be yeah. as normal as saying your physical yeah, yeah, health. Absolutely. You don't hate the words mental health, you hate the, people's perception yeah, of it. Yeah. Um Oh, no, I wouldn't agree with that at all. I would come from a completely different angle. I think it becomes so hard sometimes to talk to people directly about things because everybody gets into defensive mode. Mm. I think in this situation, if it were you and I, I would probably write something. I would probably write something, a Dear dear Mark letter Mm. saying, listen, you know, I, I don't even... Know how to approach you on this because it's become so eggshelly between us, and I think it comes from a place of fear and fear of the future and fear of well everything. Are we going to be able to cope? What do we do once we've but got then? The I'd enter a depression. Uh, what are we <laughs> going to? But I but I want us to really work together on this yeah. and just reach and, out to each yeah, other. reach out to each other mm. because we'll be stronger together than separately
1: I mean it all sounds very happy clappy and ambi-pambi and what have you but at the end of the day Communication is everything Well communication is everything and you know I often use the analogy a family is like a small company and in a company you're all pulling together for the better good of the company so as a family you're a little unit it requires a bit of work and a bit of communication and it's that what comes with that is feeling uncomfortable too
0: On Global Player or wherever you get your podcasts. Ta da!